just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you here today, and uh, we've got some encouragement, some hope, and if you feel like, you know, your life's a mess, or maybe just the, the culture, the society is a mess, we've got some hope for you, uh, and we got a positive message. In fact, he's the host of the You're Gonna Make It podcast, as well as the lead pastor of Crosswords Community Church in Vancouver, Washington, which is in the Portland area, I just learned. Um, just like right there. I don't know the geography, but Daniel Fusco is with me. Uh, he's been on before, always an encouragement, uh, and so I'm glad to have him. If you haven't liked, follow, subscribe, do that, and a great time to hit share for anybody you know that needs just a, a good word in their life today. They'll get it. Daniel, good to see you again, man. Man, it is so good to be with you again, Randy. Hope you're doing well. So I guess, you know, when we hit a topic like this, you, I, I get the the way a lot of people are feeling but i'm curious why you decided okay i'm going to put the effort into a message that says you're going to make it what are you seeing out there well i mean as we walk through the world all of us together over the last three years with all of the upheaval and the issues and the and the crises the one thing i kept hearing over and over again from people was like Man, i don't know how i'm going to make it i mean even just this week with uh you know exploding inflation and all all the economic stuff that's going on. Someone's like, man, Pastor Jane, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And, and, you know, as a pastor, once I hear something long enough, and I've also had that sentiment many, many times, you know, uh, in life, it was just, it just became very, very apparent that like, as followers of Jesus, of course, the apostle Paul said that we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. So it's like, oh, since Jesus made it on that cross, when he said it is finished to tell us die, then for the believer, you know, our eyes, even in times of struggle and trial and, and stress and suffering, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. And I like to tell people, man, the book, you're going to make it. It's literally because Jesus already made it because he made it. We can believe that God is going to do extraordinary things, even if it doesn't work out the way we hope it to. I think what a lot of people want to hear is uh, you're going to you're going to not have any problems. <laughs> and yet, you know, uh, I think it's one of Paul's writings, he tells us that, that you know, we we enter into God's kingdom, into his power, his, his authority, his representatives of people who are a kingdom, a lot of times through suffering. Yeah, I mean, and there's no doubt, like, I, I want my life to be easy. I want to live more comfortably. I, I want to not have any uh, sickness or failure in my life. And that would be great. But then, you know, people love to quote, you know, John 16, 33, where Jesus said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Mm -hmm. But the beginning of that verse, we always kind of, we know it, but we skip over that. Like in this world, you will have tribulation. And I'm always like, man, Jesus is so hardcore. He didn't say, hey, you might have tribulation. Things might get messy. No, he said, no, you're going to have that. But the, the truth of the gospel is that in our struggles, in our tribulations, in our afflictions, and in our problems, Jesus has still conquered. And because of that, we can walk as people with tremendous hope, not because we're not suffering, but because we know him who holds suffering in his hands and who has a redemptive outcome for it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, chat is open. Judy, Susan, Patty, Richard, and the others that are watching, if you want to jump in this conversation, you're invited to do that. Uh, I have a a question for you because you talk about resilience, uh, you talk about hope, but you also talk about grit. 
What's the grit that you think is necessary for us to make it? Yeah, so the word grit is very popular today, and it was popularized by Angela Duckworth. She wrote a New York Times bestselling book on this idea of grit. And what I realized is when I was reading the books, I'd heard about it from so many people. That's like the trendy word for what the Bible calls perseverance Mm. or resilience. Some translations even have perseverance as translated as patience, that same Greek word. And the way I define it in the book is doing the right things, continuing to do the right things the right way, for the right reasons, no matter the outcome. Because if you look at it, and you really see it in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, where this idea of perseverance builds character, mm. right? And so for in, in the Bible, biblical grit is literally becoming like Jesus through hardship. And so for me, it's all about character building. It's all about, hey, God wants to leverage what I'm going through. And he wants me to keep showing up with hope, but not cutting corners, doing the right things the right way for the right reason, no matter the outcome, because what God is really interested in is in transforming us to be more like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Judy and I are on the same page. I I thought grit was a John Wayne thing, but... (laughs) Well, it was, well, for sure. You know, the old Westerns, right? Quintessential grit, John Wayne, of course. But yeah, in, in, in a sense, what you're talking about is true grit. Uh, in the perseverance and that, you know, again, that's one of those things that we don't always like to hear. Um, but the good news is that we don't have to do it on our own. Isn't that the good news? Yeah. When, uh, someone's coming to you and they're saying, let's just get kind of rubber meets the road here. They're like, look, I can't, I can't pay my bills. I mean, I've, I've been there. Um, it's a, it's a tough place to even see because you're like, I, I mean, you know, what I pray for a miracle. It, it's humbling. You, nobody likes to say I, I can't meet the bills. Um, sometimes you're working. I, I've been in a position where I was working, you know, extra jobs on the side and stuff and things just weren't working. What do you say to that person right now? Because I know we're seeing it all over. Who's like, I, I just I'm, I want to trust God. I know he can do all things. I, I got a collector colony. What do you do? Well, there's a number of things. The first thing we do, obviously, is we just, you know, we want to meet them right where they are and we want to be able to encourage them and and point them to the Lord. I always say that whenever something's going on, you know, it's always an opportunity for ministry. Like, so like for some people, they can't pay the bills because they're making really lousy financial decisions. Like, yeah, man, like I'm, I'm going out and I'm, I'm hitting the bar every night and I can't pay my bills. Now that's a different discussion than like, listen, I'm doing three jobs right. and I got bills that are piled up and I, and I can't do this. And one of the things that like what we try and do, of course, as a church is one is we want to be able to serve them and we do want to be able to help them. I mean, there's different these difficulties have different origins. Hmm. And so the first thing is like, let's go back to the origin. Like, how has all this been? How has this happened? What needs to change? You know, for some people with finances, it's budgeting. Other people, it's lifestyle choices. Sometimes, hey, like you have to fix the stuff from the past, you know? Hmm. And so like, I just I just had a guy recently came to know Jesus at the at the church, you know, and, and, and it was beautiful. And he's like, hey, Pastor, can I talk to you about something? I'm like, yeah, he's like, I got open warrants. <laughs> you know, from my past, what do I do? And I'm like, okay, here's what I would tell you. You're never gonna be able to move forward until you fix this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so what, you know, and he coming out of a, out of a, out of a drug background, you know, life crimes, all these things going on. I'm like, listen, I want to encourage you. Let, let's get you in, let's get you into rehab. So you can go through that. And then once you come out, then I want you to go back to the courts. I want you to turn yourself in and say, listen, I realize I have outstanding warrants. I've messed my life up. 
but I'm turning my life around. I came to know Jesus. I just got out of rehab and I know I can't go forward until um, I deal with the, my past. Mm. We've had this with a number of people here at our church and in, in almost every case, and I can't wait to see how God's going to work out this one. In almost every case, the judge has seen that they turn themselves in, they, they're getting their life around. And the judge is like, listen, I respect that you came in to deal with your past. And I see these positive changes that you're making. Mm-hmm. And so, and, 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 and in, in each of the three times this happened before, uh, the judges have been completely merciful with these folks and have really like fast track them through how to fix this stuff so that they can move on with their life. We have one of those guys who now he serves at our local jail doing a celebrate recovery in the correctional institution with one of those guys. And so the beauty of it is, is depending on what the story is and what brought you here, then you really want to be able to prescribe, okay, what does it look like to go forward so that we can be free and we can experience all that God has for us with what he's doing in our lives? Yeah. Do you you think that a lot of times God allows the things that feel like tribulation, you know, or trials, because we he needs us to change so that he can bring us to where he wants us to be, where we need to be, and we're not going to do it unless something really gets our attention. So I think the answer to that question, people have different kind of theological beliefs on, you know, uh, the sovereignty of God, God's permissibility, the, you know, his perfect will and his right. permissive will. And each person kind of decides that differently. For me personally, I believe that nothing happens apart from what God is doing. And so whether it's God, you know, allows it, whether God ordains it, whether he permits it, that I don't know the answer to. What I do know is that God's goal is always the same, which he wants me to get my eyes on him. Like I was just talking to someone the other day that said, Pastor, I know that God will never give me more than I can handle. I'm like, actually, that's not true. <laughs> God will never give you more than he can handle. Right, right. And the sooner we learn that, the better off we are because in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Yeah. So I know that what God wants to do is he wants to bring all of us to a place, whether it's he's ordaining it or allowing it, I can argue the theology either side, depending on if I'm feeling cheeky and if someone wants to argue about it, which I don't necessarily. But either way, God's goal is the same. He wants to transform. He wants to make me like Jesus. And because that's the case, what, however, he allows it, he ordains it, he um, He lets it happen. Whichever the way we answer that is, I know that God, I want you, I, I want you to remove this, but while it's here, will you let it bear the fruit you want to bear in my life? Yeah, and, you know, and, and that's I've had those conversations too. Um, sovereignty. I, I mean, you're talking deep, deep waters. Um, I'm, I'm probably never going to figure out how to swim in those. But here's what I do know, and and the thing that I think is more important than understanding that or figuring that out or debating that, God is a good God. Amen. And I think a lot of our trouble, where we wonder if we're going to make it, is because we we may not hold on to that as tightly. How much of the goodness of God is critical, you think, to to making it or to even having hope in the difficult times? Yeah, I mean, without without belief in the goodness of God, hope is impossible. I think mm. what it says in the Psalms, I would have lost heart if I did not believe I would see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. And so that idea is that I think, you know, Martin Luther said it, the great reformer, who I don't agree with everything he said, but one of the things he said that Here. that behind a— uh, a frowning providence, there is a smiling face, which I think is such a profound, because like in, in our culture, we're so used to, if things are going good, I am blessed. 
And if things are going bad, then obviously I am not blessed. Mm -hmm. But really what we realize is that whether it's good, you know, God is with us in our greatest victories and God is also standing with us in our most crushing defeats. God doesn't love us when we get an A on the exam and doesn't love us if we fail an exam. God is God and God is love. And so God's personality, as you're saying, his goodness and when we're going through suffering or trials, when we can get our eyes off of the, 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 the issue and on to, I know my father is a good father. Yeah. He sent Jesus to die on a cross for me. He, has, he wants me to grow. Then that births hope in the depths of who we are, which is essential for us. Because if we don't have hope as we walk through struggles and trials, we end up becoming cynical, hard-hearted, bitter, jaded. And none of those things are attributes of the abundant life that Jesus came that we would have. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll talk, we're talking to Daniel Fusco. I forgot to show you the book, so I'll do that now. It's called You're Gonna Make It. Uh, you can get it wherever you get books. If you need a little encouragement and need to pass it along to someone else who needs some encouragement, a great resource for you. Um, I have a question for you that is very personal, and I, I know I can do this because you talked about some things in the book. When have you wondered if Daniel Fusco was going to make it? Mm. Well, the one that's the most dear to my heart was when I was in college, and this was before I came to know Jesus. Um, my mother uh, was diagnosed with cancer. I was uh, 19 years old. So my mom was 47 when she was diagnosed with cancer. And so I'm an all Italian kid from, my family came out of New York. So everyone's preconceived ideas about all Italian families from the New York. That was my family, loud, big, tons of family, everyone squeezing your cheeks. And it was very much like a matriarchal kind of uh, experience where the moms were like, if, if moms are glue in any family, Italian moms are like military grade, <laughs> like like Department of Defense glue. And so when my mom got sick, it was really rough. And then two years later, she lost her battle to cancer. It just it, it was just gnarly. So I was, you know, 20 years old when my mom or 21 years old when my mom passed away. And at that time, I was not equipped in any way to deal with what had just happened. Sure. I mean, I was in my I was I didn't know Jesus. I was in my college. I was just a big knucklehead. And uh, and very quickly, my life started to really spiral because I just didn't have the tools. Like, you know, talk about not making it. Like I had days where I just like was laying in bed all day. I was drowning myself in drugs and alcohol, mm -hmm. just any way to numb out. And I remember in the midst of that, Jesus met me in the midst of that. Like I'm a Christian today because of how Jesus met me through that journey. But I was very, very convinced that I'm like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to go meet my mom in the afterlife. Like, I just, I was spiraling. Uh, and I'm so grateful that Jesus intervened in my life. And in some ways, I wrote the book because it's like, you know, I, I was learning the tools from the bottom of the pit as, as a new believer. And now after 20 years of pastoring, you know, and, and, and walking with people through suffering, I'm like, oh, man, like these are we need to train before the race. We need to know how to navigate these things because they are inevitable, whether we like it or not. And so that was a it was a horrible experience. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But there's always in the Bible the but God reality that but when God yeah. gets involved, uh, beautiful things can come out of the most horrendous situations. That's that is tough. Uh, I understand to to a degree uh, with family members, um, and that really forces you. Well, it did for me as as a believer, forced me to uh, look at life and death 
from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a as a Christian, you know, I knew that we needed to have an eternal perspective. And I think what all these things we go through in this life, and I mean, you know, one someone watching right now, she she suffers from tremendous pain, you know, uh, chronic pain, and that you. You, it's hard to rationalize that a lot of times. You know, you just can't make sense of some things. But when you, I think when you get a little bit of God's perspective, you start to see how this life is a vapor and how that eternity is big. And, and I view this life as a training ground, preparation time for eternity. How much has your perspective maybe shifted over the years to more of an eternal perspective? Yeah, I think that with each passing year of my life, um, it's shifting more and more because you realize, especially as you keep reading the Bible and you're seeking the Lord, you realize that our, you know, maybe if I get like my my, my beloved grandma, she's 96 years old, mm. you know, and uh, and she's doing pretty good, for, you know, and, and my grandfather uh, passed away a couple of years ago, but he passed away at 97. And so they had like, you know, they're married for 70, you know, 70 years. And, That's you know, and so like I say, like, if, if I get as long as my grandparents, if I get almost 100 years, that in comparison to eternity is so much less than like a drop in an ocean. And so you realize that, you know, in the whole span of what God has for me, what I'm experiencing on this side of eternity is small, but it is significant. So whenever somebody is struggling or suffering, their suffering is real. But that idea of allowing God to give us a a greater perspective, Mm -hmm. because not only does God want us, you know, for us to live as Christ and to die as gain, if we we quote the Apostle Paul from Philippians chapter two. So like on this side of eternity, you know, for, for someone who's suffering, I'm like, I know it might not be a consolation in the moment, but in a sense, you're getting to partake in the in the fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus, where he experienced in his body the punishment and the effects of the sins of all the world, mm-hmm. you know? And so somebody who oftentimes people who have suffered are also the most humble, they're the most gracious, oh, they're yeah. the most kind and empathetic oh, yeah. and compassionate no because doubt. of what they're walking through. Mm-hmm. And so when we start to see that God has a bigger plan than just, hey, this is just easy life and it just goes that way, you know, it's very profound, uh, the depth of worship and fruitfulness that can come from that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's 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 kind of like the the pastor that said to a small congregation, "How many of you want to go to heaven?" And everybody raised their hand except for one little boy in the front row. And he said, "Son, you you don't want to go to heaven." And he said, "Not today." You know, <laughs> we, we we talk about uh, to live as Christ and to die as gain, and I don't want that gain yet. <laughs> you know, I want a little more time. But so we, we're dealing with the the issues of life um, as. We would all rather do. I recently had another birthday, and I was like, oh, man, just ignore my birthday. It's better than the alternative, but still, you know, it gets older. You get um, not enough room on that cake for the candles. Um, You just got to get a bigger cake. (laughs) But but here's the thing. I don't need more cake, and (laughs) the older I get, I don't really want cake as much. So it's like weird. Anyway. But back back to the topic at hand. You you talk about some things that you can do to lay a healthy foundation for resilience, for grit. What are some of the keys you, you think that we can instill into our lives now so that when the hard times come, we're better prepared? Yeah, so and that's a great question. And one of the things that I, I try and make the case in the book is that 
so much of life is lived out of the the foundation of our faith in Jesus. So, I mean, if you think about Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate example of resilience. He, the writer to the Hebrews, chapter 12, verse two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated down at the right hand of the Father. Mm. So we realize that, you know, if God's own son, our savior, Jesus, he had to keep joy set before him. So we were talking about perspective, that heavenly mindset, super important. Mm-hmm. Because of that, he was able to endure the cross and despise the shame. He, he realized that there is going to be hurdles. And for Jesus, it was the most horrendous hurdle. Not only, you know, his his suffering on the cross, but also God, as it were, turning his back on him mm-hmm. as he judged sin upon his body. All the shame he experienced where people are spitting on him and they're beating him up and they're twisting a crown of thorn, thorn on his heads and they're hurling all these ac- accusations against him, you know. But because of that, we realize that perspective that God brings resurrection out of crucifixion, you know, that the crown comes after the cross. That's a huge thing. I think also in a comfortable life, when, when we aren't in times of struggle or trial, I always say that we need to, you know, kind of train before the race. Right. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've learned a lot and I've been working out with my teenage son is that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, actually physical uh, exertion is also good training because you realize when you're in the middle of a workout, especially when you're trying to keep up with a young buck who's strong <laughs> and bounces back quick and I'm not that strong or that young anymore, I realize like this is temporary. So one of the things is just mastering the art of being able to say, if you really want to be persevering, you have to learn how to be patient. You have to learn how to be like, hey, like this is temp- this is temporary. I'm in the middle chapters. What I'm going through right now is not going to necessarily be here forever, but it is here now. And I know that God has something else for me. That idea that the light, you know, the, the dark, it's always the darkness before the sun rises, as they say. Mm-hmm. And so the sun will rise in that way. And so some of these things, just learning how, and of course, I think mastering your morning, I talk about it in the book, like making sure, like uh, Charles Spurgeon, the great prince of preacher said, I'll never look into the eyes of another person until I first look into the eyes of Jesus. Now he said it more eloquently than me because he's Spurgeon and I'm me. <laughs> but 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 that idea of making sure we get our eyes on Jesus, we get our we we we, we drench and 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 soak our hearts in the Word of God. We take His Word and hide it in our hearts. We spend time praying, worshiping. All of these things are all great training grounds for when things are you know for when things go bad because we already say, hey, this is horrible but I know my God's going to do something because I have all these biblical examples. I have the great crowd of witnesses uh, from the Bible, from church history, from the people I know who love Jesus. All of that is a help in times of, of suffering or trials. To, to a lot of people, those things sound like kind of like disciplines, like, okay, I got to, I got to read for a certain amount of time today or read a certain amount today or, Oh, okay. I'd rather, you know, be listening to, whatever your favorite band is, but I, I, maybe I should just put on a little praise and worship. I'm guessing for you that those things aren't really like disciplines. They're like joys. Is that the case? Big time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what I've learned is that so much of life, if you have the right perspective, they're not, I have to, they're, I get to. And like, I was just thinking about this as, as a parent. So I, I have these three great kids. I have a 17 year old, a 14 year old and an eight year old. So me and my bride, Lynn, we're out of like the, we're up in the middle of the night times. But what was amazing is, is just a couple of days ago, my eight year old woke up in the middle of the night, you know, and 
I've been out of the out of practice of getting up with the little ones in the middle <laughs> of the night. And so when I first woke up, I was like, oh, like, like I'm tired. This is bu- I'm busy, you know. But then as I as I as I picked her up in my arms, she had a bad dream, and I walked her back to her room. You know, I carried her back and I put her in bed. I had that thing like, I'm gonna miss this later. Like, yeah. like at some point she's gonna be someone's bride. She's gonna be some some kid's mom's. She's not gonna be living down the hall. And I'm like, and I'm going to miss getting woken up in the middle of the night. And, and same thing with the things like worshiping or, or reading. It's like, I get to read God's word. Like, mm-hmm. how awesome is that? I get to, I, I have access mm-hmm. by grace through faith to the creator and sustainer of all things. And he calls me his son. Mm. I'm his beloved. Like, mm. like this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. But part of it is just kind of getting our mindset right so that we don't feel like, oh, I, I don't feel like reading Ephesians, like this is challenging. It's like, no, no, we get like God gave us his heart in a book. That's an awesome thing. Yeah. No. And I think, I think a lot of that comes from the lie that, uh, God's mad at us if we don't do this when really he's going, man, I've set a table of feast before you come and dine and it's good. Yeah. You get it. Amen. All right. Uh, I want to ask about this website here, danielfusco.com. Uh, because you have the You're Going to Make It podcast as well. Tell people where they can go a little more to get a little more encouragement from you. Yeah, so obviously my website, danielfusco.com, is like kind of the portal for everything. But depending on where you like to hang out uh, on the interwebs, you know, we have all content in all the different places. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, you know, uh, all that stuff. And so uh, wherever you are, if you want to be encouraged, one of my goals, I I think that, you know, I want to be realistic about everything. But because I believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus, I believe that like I could just live in hope. So I, I, I think in a discouraging world, you know, Jesus conquered sin and death. Those are the two most discouraging things in all of life, you know? And so I just really want to encourage everybody just to keep on keeping on. Yeah, sometimes things are lousy. We make dumb, we make bad decisions. I make a lot of dumb decisions, but that's not the end of the story because my God and my Savior walked out of that grave. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. it's the most amazing right. thing. And so wherever you like to hang out, I probably got some content there to encourage you. Yeah, well, you made a good decision today by coming on and sharing with our audience, and I appreciate that. <laughs> so is there anything I didn't ask, anything you wanted to mention before I let you go? I appreciate you being here, man. Well, I just think for everyone who's watching this, you are blessed to be hanging out with Randy so much. I just appreciate you so much, bro. Every time we hang out, I'm always like, man, this guy's good people. He's my brother in Christ. I'm stoked about it. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. And if you never ever need a little respite from Portlandia, you can come down here to uh, Hot Flat Crowd of Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, we'll get you, I don't know, get, I bet the Italian, I don't know how the Italian food is up in the Northwest, probably not like the Northeast. It's decent down here, but what we got is Tex-Mex, and it's it's the best. So. Dude, I'll be there in a couple hours. I'm hopping a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get some barbecue, some Tex-Mex, we get and, and, a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a little sanity. A little sanity would be good in my world. <laughs> well, and if you need a little sanity and a little encouragement, you can check out Daniel's book. It's available now. It's called, well, that's his website. His book is called you're gonna make it wherever you get books uh and you need a little more encouragement you can definitely check out danielfusco.com and you can come back here we've got more great interviews like this more discussions to make you think to make you give you a little hope encouragement challenge you a little bit and i got some decent entertainment types you know we got some good fall movies coming out and uh the chosen's coming out season three and i got some interviews there so it's all gonna be good Come back 
If you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button or the follow button, depending on where you're watching, and you can see more of Life Today Live. I'll see you next time. What is the man trusted to be